in the 66 wonderful books of the Bible. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, we'll start out with verse and finish with verse number 23. Tonight's message is about our heart. They say that the problem, uh, the, the heart of man's problem is the problem with man's heart. And I, I believe that's true. Uh, you know a country can have a heart too. Uh, uh, they say the soul of an army um, actually can have a kind of a, 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 I guess, a corporate heart. Uh, a church has a heart. And uh, you and I have, have the depth of our soul that's worth our heart. And the Bible says here in verse 23, chapter number 4, Proverbs 4.23, I like the words here, and I want to preach a message tonight about the responsibility that we have, uh, each of us, to uh, keep our heart. It says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee fro the fro froward mouth and perverse lips. Put far from thee. Uh, let thine eyes look right on. And let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet. And let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand or nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. And uh, so we have a problem tonight. We have a problem as human beings. Our heart is the issue, the, uh, the direction of our heart, wherever our heart is. And God's trying to get a hold of our heart. God always wants to uh, deal with our heart. He, uh, he says, I try the reins. And you know, there's, there's something deep down in us called our heart. Not, not talking about the physical pump, but the heart of your being, the heart of your soul. And what happens is, is that uh, sometimes that's hard to uh, corral, it's hard to train, uh, but once somebody gets a hold of it, then uh, it's amazing when, when, when you have the heart of your spouse, it's wonderful. Uh, the Bible says to the uh, Proverbs chapter 31 woman, the heart of her husband doth safely trust in her. Uh, I know how that is. Uh, my heart... Uh, I've, I've never had my heart broken by my wife. Uh, I've had my heart broken by many people, but not by my wife. Uh, and it's just wonderful. And, you know, and, and God's never broken my heart before. I'm sure he has allowed me to have a broken heart. But God doesn't like to go around breaking people's hearts. And, and so our heart, if we, can, if we can give our heart to the Lord, it's in safe keeping. Is that right? So when you got saved... You trusted Jesus with your heart. You gave your heart to the Lord. That is a scriptural uh, saying too. You can actually give your heart away. Uh, some people have given their heart over to some crazy things. And they're reaping the rewards of that. But God says, keep thy heart with all diligence. So isn't that amazing that you have to be diligent to keep your heart in the right direction? So tonight we're going to take a look at this and... Just by way of uh, looking into a new year, uh, let's 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 just make sure that we we uh, give our hearts to the Lord and keep our hearts in in check, uh, moving in the right direction tonight, and asking God to uh, search our hearts, like David said, search me and know me, see if there be any wicked way in me, and cleanse me from secret faults and cleanse me from secret sins and Help me not to have a presumptuous spirit, uh, a presumptuous sins. Help me not to presume on God. Help me to have a tender heart, 
Oh, there's just so much in the Bible about it. But let's pray and let's have a great time in the Word tonight. Heavenly Father, help us and give us, uh, uh, give us a desire, Lord, to give you our hearts, all of our hearts, with my whole heart. Uh, Lord, bless now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, you know, David said, With my whole heart have I sought thee, let me not wander from thy commandments. And did you know that a lot of Christians sometimes can start to wander and their heart will wander and uh, their desires will be untoward or getting off track or, boy, there's some Christians that were on fire and then sometimes their heart gets pulled away. And it's just human nature. Everybody has it. Everybody fights it. Uh, be, be sure. Uh, you, know, you, you know, sometimes things grab a hold of my heart too as a pastor, you know. Uh, uh, like like tools. I I gotta watch it. If there's a new tool that's better than one I have, I need it. I have to have it. No, uh, but I, my heart can get aside. Right? Uh, there's some things that your heart will be grabbed a hold of, and it's not always good. He says, "You keep your heart." Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Now, God holds each and every person, each and every child of God. You and I are personally responsible. Listen closely now. You're responsible for what happens to your heart. You're responsible and uh, you're, you're accountable to God what, where your heart is. That's your job. So let's say somebody mistreated, right? How many understand little kids are mistreated? They grow up in families. There's lots of problems in the world. It's not that, it's not that you uh, are responsible for things that you have no, no control over. For instance, if somebody treats you bad, you have no control over that. Is that right? So your heart, your heart though, you're responsible for how your heart reacts to problems. You're responsible and you're accountable to God. How, you're, how do you uh, deal with problems in your life? So I could get bitter. How many understand that all of us, if we wanted to, we could sit and soak and sour and get real bitter over things? How many have been tempted in sometimes to get bitter over things? Every one of us. Every one of us. You didn't raise your hand? I know. That's okay. Uh, you know, you don't have to raise your hand every time I ask you a question. How many just don't like to raise your hand? <laughs> you didn't fall for that one either but everybody has everybody has a propensity to get bitter if you don't have control of your heart so things the world can make you a bitter person you know this world can make you really sour if you're not careful but it's up to you and it's your responsibility to keep your heart with all diligence because out of it are the issues of life I want you to see, first of all, number one, that the natural man has a bad heart. Let's look at Jeremiah 17. Can we go there? I hope you're ready for there's lots of scriptures tonight. Uh, and, and I'm not going to overwhelm you and uh, I, w I will not deluge you. But I want you to see this. Everybody that has a Bible, please look up Jeremiah 17 and we'll start with verse number nine. This is the, the point that I'm making now is that the heart of, of a natural man, an unsaved man, a human heart, are, are the way we normally are, it's not good. It's not good. Uh, verse number 9, 
It says, the heart is deceitful above all things. And what? Desperately wicked. Who can know it? Nobody can know it. It's desperately wicked. It's not just iniquity. It's, it's evil. It's dirty. It's desperately wicked. Have you ever been desperate? Your heart is desperately wicked. That's not just a couple bad people God's talking about. He says, I, the Lord, verse 10, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. What did they say about David? Well, what did God say about David? I've sought me a man after God's own heart. Where was David's heart? It was with God. Where's your heart? Where, where's your heart pointed right now? Is it inward? Is it upward? You know, it, it, is it outward? Is it backward? You know, the Bible teaches us if, if we can give our heart to the Lord like David did, he'll respond to that. He says it right there. I, the Lord, search the heart. God's always searching our hearts and he's looking inside of us and he's watching and he's going to give you according to your heart. You give your heart to something and uh, you're, you're going to end up living, uh, living through that. You give, you give your heart. You know, see, how many understand musicians are uh, incredible people? Right, Israel? Musicians, right, Jeannie? Yeah. Yes, yes. Anybody else a musician here? Anybody play the kazoo? Oh, you're so wonderful. <laughs> musicians are great. But they had to give their heart to it to learn, right? Now, how many have limited intelligence? I thought you didn't like to raise your hand. <laughs> I must have got you. I have limited intelligence. But that doesn't matter if my heart's in it. If my heart's in something, I can get the knowledge. How many understand you can have all the knowledge in the world, but if your heart's not in it, you're basically an empty person. If my heart's in it, I can, I can overcome obstacles because my heart's in it. There's fire down deep in the belly. But the Bible says your, your natural heart is desperately wicked. And who can know it? Deceitful. Above all things, there's nothing more deceitful than the heart of man. All right, let's look at Proverbs chapter 28. And I want to further encourage you. Not only is your heart, uh, before you got saved, evil, wicked, nasty, it's uh, desperate. Above all things, there's nothing, nothing worse than the heart of a human being uh, that doesn't know the Lord. It, unsaved people, they, they don't even have any control over their heart. They can have their heart just grabbed a hold of. Look at, look at those unsaved people in the Bible. They, they were moved by the power of Satan. All right, let's look now at chapter number 28 of Proverbs, verse 26. Now, this is not, not a popular verse, but I, I, wanna, I want you to see it. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whoso walketh wisely, he should be delivered. So have you ever heard anybody say, oh, I just know in my heart? Well, I can understand. I've said that too. I don't think you ought to cut people down, but you got to be careful. They really don't know their heart. Have you ever, how many have ever wanted, uh, you've lusted after some type of a car when you were 10, 15, 20 years ago? You that are teenagers, you're out of this one. But 
What you 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 had something you thought you really wanted bad, and just a few years later you said, "Why did I ever want that? That's, I don't want that anymore." How many understand the word fickle? You, your desires change. Uh, talk about fashion. Oh my goodness. I, I don't understand fashion one bit. You know what? If it's comfortable and I like it, why can't I keep wearing it? Amen. What's wrong? Why do I have to, why do I have to, Dad, that doesn't work anymore. Or honey, you can't wear that. Why? Why? What's wrong with pleated pants, you know, and wingtip shoes? What's wrong with it? Oh, yes, listen, man. My wife, oh, I, I did a bad thing. I will agree with her on this. I had a plaid jacket. It was a suit coat. And I look, I made a deal with my buddy. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lane. But I did. I had, a, I had this really baby blue plaid jacket, and I loved it. And so um, my buddy uh, that I was in the Navy with, he had it, and I liked it. And he said, you liked it? I liked the one you got on. So at our graduation at college, we traded jackets. And I loved that jacket, you know, so I, I wore it. And my wife, oh, good gracious, Julie said, what are you wearing? You look like a car salesman, you know. And I, and I, I thought, so, so what I did later on was I ended up using it for a skit. I can understand some of it. And then, then the, a lady down in Florida one time, she said, oh, you look just like my husband. And I said, well, she said, oh, don't worry. He's gone now. He died a year ago. And she said, you look just like him. And I said, okay, I was, I was paying my uh, propane bill. She owned the propane company. And she said, I've got all of his clothes, and I just now want to get rid of him. Can you come, can you, can you and your wife come? I've got a whole closet and I, it's okay now. I can let them go. So I said, sure. So I, we went down to the, uh, the St. John's River, you know, and all those antebellum, nice, beautiful, huge southern homes with the moss coming out of the oak trees and the walkways, landscapers, just a big, beautiful home. And I walked in. Oh, man, it was beautiful. And she said, come on right in here. And my wife and I went in. And, and she opened up these big, huge closet doors, and the guy was rich, man. I mean, he had, he had all of his bathrobes and his pajamas. He had, uh, and uh, I, she said, whatever you want. You, I got slippers out of that, man. I got, and I, I picked this white uh, dinner jacket. It was white, and it didn't go good. My wife said, you don't want that, do you? I said, I've always wanted a white one. So I took it and I wore it and it didn't go well because, there, you know, there's a couple of little marks. on. If you have something white, you know, you get one little drop of coffee on it and it's shot. But, uh, oh, my goodness. She said, you look just like my husband. Uh, and so anyway, I, um, I, I, I had to learn fashion. But uh, anybody know what uh, anybody know what the old um, pants were called? Uh, Zanzibel. And they were beltless pants, you know, they just had a hook in the front. And that was the style back in, what, 70s or 60s or whatever. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And uh, <laughs> Julie was saying, no, don't, don't, you don't want to. Don't want to. 
Those are kind of, they're just not in. How come I don't want to be a slave to fashion? Everybody's hearts are always changing. What, 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 was, what was right back then, how come it can't be right now? How come everybody's got to just flip and flop and flip and flop and flip and flop? Pretty soon mullets are going to be back in. <laughs> you know, business up front, party in the back, all that junk. I hate that stuff. I, I, I just... I, I'm not, I'm not going to wear a mullet. I'm not going to do a ponytail. And I'm, I, I like it. You know what? Conservative is the way to go, buddy. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. Because my heart's in it. Amen? Amen. But listen, we've got a, a, heart, a world that doesn't know their own heart. They're swayed back and forth and moved. People's hearts are always changing. Why? Because you can't trust your own heart. I told that to a girl one time. She asked me for some advice on her boyfriend. And I was sweet on her. I, and she said, uh, Tab, can you, can you tell me, what am I going to do? I said, oh, I'd break up with him. She said, I think I love him. I said, you don't know your own heart. And I, I showed her this verse, but it didn't work. She married him. But I got the better deal. Amen. I was okay, well, guess whose heart was in the wrong spot, I guess, right? My, I, you, can't, you, you can't control your heart. You've got to let God control your heart, no matter what you're doing. If it's tools or clothing or uh, friendships, look at, uh, look at Matthew 15 in the New Testament. Now, I'm saying this because it's so true. Don't trust your heart. You can't control it unless you're saved. And even if you're saved, you have to follow the Lord's command. You're supposed to keep your heart with all diligence. God never said to the children of God, Oh, don't worry about a thing. I'll, I'll take care of everything. You don't have to worry about a thing. You don't have to worry about what, whatever you do in life that makes no difference. No, no. He said, you be diligent. Walk, walk in the light of the gospel. Walk with the Lord. Stay close to me. Don't get off the track. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Wherewithal shall the young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Listen, God, God never said, okay, see you later. He said, no, come, come, come to me. I will lead you. I'm the good shepherd. I'll lead you in. I'll lead you out. Stay close to me. See, that's, uh, that's because you as a Christian, you still don't know Everything about your heart. Christians have some of the craziest things going on with them. Oh, my soul. I have, just because somebody has a, a fish sticker on their bumper, doesn't mean they're a Christian. Amen? Just because somebody says, oh, praise the Lord, that doesn't mean a thing. You've got to go deeper than that. You've you got to realize there's a lot of people that say they're Christians, but... You, you have to realize that they, that doesn't mean anything. What means something is where your heart is. Look at uh, Matthew 15, 18. So we have here uh, in, in verse number 18, Jesus says again to us, be careful, you've got to watch out now. But those things which proceed out of the mouth, out of your mouth, what comes out of your mouth comes from your heart, not just your brain. It says, 
out of the mouth come forth from the heart. Jesus said that. And they defile the man. So you can be careful what you say because that's what makes you dirty. That makes what, that what gets you all defiled is what comes out of your mouth. It's, for, it's that way for all of us. He said in verse 19, Jesus did, For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. See then, Jesus spoke very clearly that the unsaved man has a natural tendency to have a problem with his heart. Christian, your heart is the problem with your life, not your circumstances. It's, it's what you're accountable to God and you're, you're responsible to God with what you do with your heart. You're supposed to, you're supposed to realize that. Um, you, have to, you have to realize that we're living in an evil world and just because somebody mistreats us doesn't mean we have to respond in like manner. Is that right? Because out of the heart proceedeth all this defilement. So that's why we stay in the Bible. That's why we're saved. Because without Jesus Christ in our heart, dwelling with the power of the Holy Spirit, we have no hope. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Some of us can quote that. I think it's really important. The natural man. Oh, he's in trouble from the get-go. 1 Corinthians 2.14, if I'm not mistaken. It says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they're spiritually discerned. You know what I'm glad for tonight? I'm glad God revealed to me that my heart is not mine. It's not something I can understand. It's all messed up. It's got trouble. I'm, uh, the Bible says that's, where, that's the, the heart of the old man, right? Amen. The, that cesspool down there, deep down underneath, that's where all the thoughts and the, the bad words come from. That's where everything, all your mistakes, uh, it comes from you, your old heart. Now, you don't get rid of your old heart. You're still a human being. What you do, though, is you have a new heart. God gives you a new heart. And now your heart is with Him. And He lives in you. And He likes to be... Uh, I heard it put this way. Somebody drew a picture uh, of a heart. And uh, I, I think it was that there was a, there was a throne inside there. And... Uh, you, you get off the throne of your heart and you put Jesus on the throne of your heart. And he runs now. He runs everything. And you discard your old desires and, and you, you don't get on the throne and rule your life anymore. You give your heart to the Lord and he runs things. So man is lost until he does that. Think about that. Think how terrible it is for a person that's in the world, that's not saved, and uh, they think they have a good heart, they think they do good things, and the Bible says, no, 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 no. Without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he that cometh unto God must believe that He is and a rewarder of him who diligently seek Him. God, God cannot take anybody to heaven who is not saved. 
And you can't get saved. And nobody is saved. Nobody has been saved without faith. And uh, before they die. A lot of people, a lot of doctrine teaches that they, people get saved after they die. That's not true. With, without reservation, total belief in Christ. Remember uh, Revelation 3.20, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. What do you think that is? What, what door do you think that is? I think it's right in your heart, don't you? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, Jesus said, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. Does that sound, does that sound like your house? It, it, sounds, it sounds like your heart. Now, Jesus is in our house, but he's in my heart. And that's what, that's what gives me the ability, and that's what gives every Christian the ability to do anything for God, because he's got a hold of your heart. Look at Proverbs 23, if you will, please, back in Proverbs 23. I think that when, when people give their heart to Jesus, it, it makes such a difference that their heart is in a different, a, a different dimension. It's, uh, it's different. You're still the same person, but you're being controlled. And Jesus said, now, I want you to, I want you to always give me control. Give me control. Trust me. Don't trust in your own heart. Uh, I've, I've been as a Christian uh, many times in my life trying to figure things out and I can't do it. How many have what you call a stubborn will? Now you've gone back to not wanting to raise your hand again. How many know somebody that has a stubborn will? I have, I've been told I was had a real strong will. There's nothing wrong with having a strong will. Nothing wrong with that. Strong-willed children are great. But you gotta steer them in the right direction. Is that right? Amen. Yeah, I would. Ha I would hate to have a weak-willed child. Nothing wrong with a strong will, if it's pointed in the right direction. It's nothing. There's nothing wrong with having a real strong will, if you're saved, and it's pointed in the right direction. Then you can do great things for God. Now, Jesus had a very strong will. At the same time, his will was submitted to the Lord, remember? Not my will, but thy will be done. Where do you think, where, where was the heart of Jesus Christ in, in his humanity? It was always with the Lord. Always. He never had a moment of time when his heart wasn't right with God. He was always going the right direction. He was always doing the right thing. And he just wants us to do the same thing. Look at Proverbs 23. Verse 26. Here it is. My son, my son, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. God says, give me your heart. Give me your heart. I've never uh, been, uh, I don't know, I, I, have a, I have a trust problem. Always have had a little trust problem. Took me two years of marriage to finally settle down a little bit with my marriage. I was, I didn't have a lot of trust. And I don't know where that came from. But God bless my wife for sticking with me and putting up with my stubbornness and insecurities and lack of trust. 
But boy, oh boy, I have learned to trust that woman. It's, it's a wonderful thing to trust. And now God says, you, I want you to trust me. Give me your heart. Give me your heart. Give me your heart. That's all God wants. Uh, he can do everything He wants with us. Amen. It's not... Uh, Romans, now, here's, here's the thing. Look at Romans chapter number, uh, nine, uh, chapter number 10. Now, it is a wonderful thing what God explains to us. What, it, what real salvation really is, it's uh, not a complicated matter. It's really simple, and I'll tell you why, because He wants boys and girls to get saved. Is that right? Didn't Jesus say, Suffer the little ones to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of God? Isn't it true that little guys and little girls can get saved? How, 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 how small, how young can you be? I don't know, but I know some children have gotten saved at four and five years old. And that's that childlike faith, that trust. It's nothing wrong with a young child getting saved. Uh, they, just, they just need to be able to know that they are accepted by the Lord. You know, it's just, that's the way Jesus said, right? I've led hundreds and hundreds of children to the Lord. Now, I don't know everything about every decide decision that they've made. I didn't have the judgment ability to know their true heart. But in junior church, for years and years, we used to have an invitation, and the children would come forward. And the girls would sit on this side, and the boys on that side. We had all kinds of adult workers. We had um, an invitation, and and I had all the children bow their heads, and I said, now, boys and girls, if, if, you, uh, if you've never received Jesus as your Savior, and you've never asked Him to come into your heart, and you'd like to do that, would you like to be saved? You can come up, and we'll have somebody uh, take a Bible and show you how to be saved. And some kids got up because they thought they were going to get candy. Some kids got up because they had to go to the bathroom. Some kids got up because they didn't know what was going on. They just thought that somebody told them to get up. You never know. But sometimes we'd have scores of children hop up and come up. And I'd say, now, if you've already accepted Jesus as your Savior, you don't need to do that again. But just if you've never, and boys, almost every week we'd have somebody come up. And uh, we'd take them aside. We'd dismiss everybody with a song. And some of the adults would take their Bible. And they would walk them out to what we call a dealing room. And then we'd sit him down at a desk and say, Johnny, Johnny, what? Uh, we'd deal with him, you know, like a friend, talk to him about the Lord. I said, what did you come forward today for? Um, candy. And we'd say, okay, well, you come back next week. We'll see you later, okay? And, and, and we'd gently usher them. They didn't come to get saved. See, they didn't understand, right? So God says, I want little boys and girls, I want you to let them come. I don't want you to hinder them. I don't want you to hold them back. And uh, you, you, you can deal with them in the same way with adults. Some adults have uh, agendas and different things. But look at this in, in Romans chapter 10. This is important. It says here in verse number 9 about salvation. Watch this closely. For it says that if, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus... And shall believe in what? In thine heart. That God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the, say it, heart 
with the heart. Man believe, believeth unto righteousness. So how do you get that righteousness from Jesus? How do you overcome the eternal damnation guaranteed for the unsaved? With your heart. With your heart. And uh, so I remember I gave my heart to the Lord. And it says, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So we have the heart issue and the mouth issue. And Jesus says very clearly through the scriptures here, you confess him with your mouth, but you got to believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross for you. So it's really simple. Now, I, I want you to remember something. We need to take full responsibility for what's happening to our heart. Our heart can be pointed in the wrong direction. Our heart can be swayed. Our heart, uh, what, uh, what uh, I guess, what, what kind of emotional, uh, I guess, condition you're in, that's your responsibility. Um, my, the Bible says uh, in Jeremiah, uh, I, I can't remember what verse it is, but he says, my, mine eye affecteth my heart. And uh, this world can beat your heart up. We're not supposed to be. Um, we're not supposed to be stony-hearted. We're not supposed to be uh, hard-hearted, right? Bitter-hearted. Uh, we're not supposed to be uh, stiff-hearted. In um, you don't have to turn there, but in Exodus, uh, they were putting together the tabernacle, and God said, "I'm going I'm to ask you bring all the wise-hearted, the wise-hearted, skillful." Faint-hearted. Don't worry about it. You don't need to go to war. Uh, when Joshua said, "I'm going to get a," or, or God said, "I'm going to make an army." Anybody that's faint-hearted, I, I don't want you to come. Um, let him go home, take care of his belongings. Tender-hearted people in Ephesians four are very, uh, very precious to the Lord. In Ephesians four thirty-two, I like this word, stout-hearted. Stout-hearted. That's. Uh, that's really strong. Isaiah 46, 12. Um, in Isaiah 24, 7, there's a, a, a word of uh, merry hearted. And then Luke 4, broken hearted. Do you remember what David said? He said, the Lord is nigh unto them of a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Is that right? So it, there's nothing wrong with having a broken heart. It's what we do with it. If every time my heart was broken by another Christian or an unsaved person or some family member, some distant family member, some brother, some sister, if every time I had my heart broken, I got bitter, my goodness, I wouldn't be able to be in church. In fact, I know a guy, he told me that he had three pastors, three pastors in a row. One of them, one of them uh, went to jail. The other one, the other two committed uh, fornication and adultery on their wives and they got out of the ministry. One was a secretary. And you know what? After that, you know what he said? He said, I just, I just got out of church. I don't, every, every time I turned around, some pastor was doing something wrong. He quit. He quit. Now, I think that's wrong. I think that's wrong. But listen, it doesn't matter how other people act. It doesn't matter how other people say they're, they're a Christian. It doesn't matter what other people believe. Nothing matters. 
What really matters is where is your heart? There's a song. Um, I'm not going to sing it. You're welcome. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> but how about your heart? Is it right with God? Um, people people walk, watch outside, but God sees in the heart. How about your heart? Is it right with God? That's, the kind, that's where, where is your heart today? So this year, guess what we're going to do? We're going to take full responsibility. Who's in charge of what happens to my heart? Anybody got an answer for that? I am. Who's in charge of what happens to your heart? You are. Not, I'm not saying circumstances. I mean reaction. Is that right? What if somebody said, you know what? you got to be the ugliest person I've ever seen. I mean to tell you, my goodness, I, I, they, some, something went really wrong. Now, what are you going to do with stuff like that? How many have ever been offended? <laughs> You're not supposed to worry about it. You know, I've had girls tell me that before. That, and I said, I said, hey, you don't like the way I look? You got to take it up with God. Oh, listen, you know, kids are really cruel. Bullying happens. You know, it's not so much that people bully, it's how you react to it. I think Christians ought to be really strong. Amen? I think we ought to laugh through the rain and uh, just, just laugh right on through it. <laughs> you guy told me where to go today. Oh, man, I can't. You, you know, I can't go there. I'm saved. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I can't go there. Hey, you know what? We, we need to come into this new year and say, I don't care what happens to me. My heart's with the Lord. My heart is fixed, fixated. My heart is fastened. That's what we ought to say. My, uh, my, my heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord, right? Where is your heart tonight? This year, this year, point it toward the Lord and don't let anything get in your way don't let anything discourage you. Don't let anything give you a reason or don't use anything as a reason not to serve the Lord. Let's bow our heads for prayer.